I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead and joining me as always when Isaac can't make it. My co-host, you know him as All Things Maps on Twitter. What you got for me, Jimmy Crowther? I got another 40-piece McNugget for you of a win after that game tonight. Holy moly, what a blowout. <laughs> Good way to end the end the week, Friday night, just getting to watch a Mavericks blog game that you don't have to pay attention the last 12 minutes to. You got to love it. You got to love a 40-piece, both in the Nugget variety and in the Mavericks win variety. It's... <laughs> There's nothing better than that, right? What's your sauce with nuggets? Uh, you know, I always go barbecue. I keep it pretty classic most of the time. You don't venture out into like honey mustard. You don't go now if like it's a- if it's Chick Fil A nuggets. I'll do the sweet and sour sriracha sauce or the Chick Fil A sauce, of course. And those two, that's a great mixture, right there. See, I'm a honey roasted barbecue sauce from Chick Fil A myself. That's, that's oh, I do like it. But the Chick Fil A sauce and the honey roasted sauce taste very similar. Yeah, they're almost the same thing. A little more tang with the with the honey roasted barbecue sauce. And if you really know what's up, you get some Szechuan sauce. <laughs> but you really gotta know what's up when you it comes really, to that. You really have to know where to find it. <laughs> People have died. Oh man. All right. On the podcast today, we're gonna break down the Mavericks 143 to 101 win over the Cavaliers a little bit because basically the Mavericks just I mean, they trounced them. They led for almost the entire game. Uh, there was a stat on Fox Sports Southwest that the Mavericks have trailed for two minutes and 31 seconds over the past three games. That's that, that's wild. What a stat. And and I believe the only that, – that two-minute stretch came in this game when they trailed to Cleveland for yes. the first quarter or whatever it was. Yeah, at the, at the middle of the first quarter, they were trailing for two minutes and 30 seconds, and that was it. They they led wire to wire in the other two games against the, the Warriors and the Spurs. Man, what a way to end a, a homestand. Okay, so let's start with that. How are you feeling now after this homestand? I guess we'll get into this game a little bit, but how are you feeling about this team right now? They won all four of these games. The Raptors game was maybe an iffy game, but then the other three seem to be take care of business games. The Spurs lose again. They're like 5-11 and 11 right now. They're actually a bad team, which is weird to say, but the Mavs took care of business against all three of those teams and beat the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is you had to take care of the business against the Spurs, the Warriors, and the Cavs. Now, going into the Spurs game, I don't think we were 100% sure just how bad they are. But after tonight where they lose again, I, you know, just out of nowhere, they're really bad. They, of course, they lost to Philly. It's a good team, but the Spurs are bad. So we had to take care of business against them. We did that even though it kind of came down to the wire, uh, that one. The Warriors game, man, wasn't even a question. And then the Cleveland game, of course, tonight. But I think it's good that they started out with a tougher, a, a more hard-fought win against the Raptors. Um, you know, winning by eight points in that game to an actually a good team in the Eastern Conference was a good way to start out this homestand. Yeah, and, and in total, you just feel so much better about this team coming out. I mean, you feel like this team can go in and win games they're supposed to win, where that hasn't been the case the last couple of years for Mavericks teams. I mean, you've gone into games and it's kind of, it's kind of been the mentality of, oh, how are the Mavericks going to mess this up? Yeah, 100%. The last game that I remember being able to watch and not have to stress about a fourth quarter in the past like two to three years was that 
crazy Utah jazz game on the seats for soldiers night when we won by 50, (laughs) just inexplicably. Um, that's the last time I remember taking care of business, but that was also a team that we really should not have beat by that much or any team should ever beat by that much because Utah was a good team. But now, you know, beating the Cavs and the Warriors, just, just the way they did was really convincing that we're not just a okay team. Like this is a good team that can beat bad teams the way they're supposed to beat them. Exactly. All right. In this game, the Cavs game, um, we just got Luca early and often. 30 points, 7 boards, 14 assists in this game in uh, just about 28 and a half minutes. He didn't even play any of the fourth quarter. He got taken out with a minute left in the third quarter. I'm liking these games where Luca doesn't have to play the fourth quarter. I know it's not great for fans sometimes that want to you know go to games and watch Luca, but you get to see you know about 30 minutes of Luca just balling out. I mean, you at least get that much you don't get to see him play for you know 35 minutes but you get enough of him I'm, I'm as a someone that covers this game for the Mavericks thinking about them long term I like that he's sitting in the fourth quarter yeah I'm 100% with you especially going into the stretch that they're about, about to go in where they play three really good teams and the the Rockets the Clippers and the Lakers get them some rest when you beat these bad teams up um, and just sitting the whole fourth quarter I think is going to do wonders and the best thing that I think came from Luca. I mean, everything was great that he did, but it was all efficient tonight. You know, 11 of 18 from the field, four of eight from three, he made all four of his free throws. Uh, and also I loved in the third quarter, and I'm sure we'll get to KP here in a second, but that he looked to get him going. And it is the reason that KP got going in the third quarter. Yeah. That was such an important stretch too for Luca and Porzingis. I think mentioned in yesterday's podcast, the season is still about Luca and Porzingis trying to figure it out. And in that stretch in the third quarter, you know, it's against teams like the Cavs, against teams like the Warriors. They should be trying things out like this. They should be trying to get Porzingis involved. This is a game where you, sh- you could have posted up Porzingis like 10 times, right? <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered too much. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they were trying too early. I noticed they were trying to go him post up against Tristan Thompson um, baseline, and it just wasn't working early. But nothing, the thing was, nothing was working early for Porzingis early on in the game. It was just a really rough stretch. I think he went one of eight in the first half, and then third quarter comes out and scores 15 points. And I believe I saw some stat from McMahon that five of his seven or six field goals that came in the third were assisted by Luka. And that is, like you said, so important to get those two going. Yeah, they have to, to figure out a way to get those two working together and you know playing off of each other. And they were really able to do that, some pick and rolls, just some Porzingis moving off the ball. Luka was able to get whatever he wanted, especially in the first quarter. You could really just tell that the Cavs have no rim protection. Even with Tristan Thompson in, I've seen people randomly say, oh, the Mavericks should trade for Tristan Thompson. They need a banger down low. Tristan Thompson doesn't defend the rim. He doesn't defend the rim. He is a good rebounder. I do I do like that aspect of his that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's not a rim protector, and Luka saw that and took full advantage of it. He The things that Luka can do in the paint, he just shows them off over and over and over again. I think Carlisle had a quote before the game that he just has you know, a boundless creativity to draw from, and it just continued to show. He was doing up-and-under moves in the paint, and he was getting guys to, to jump, and he was doing all kinds of stuff in the paint and just – he can penetrate and get to the spots that he wants, and then he can do anything from any spot on the court. It's the it's, it's the perfect combination. It's why he's having so much success right now. Yeah, and it's so much fun to watch. I think every time when I watch him go in, I feel like I'm scared that it's going to be a turnover because he operates in such little space. But 
in some of the possessions that would have been turnovers last year in his rookie year, this year he's learning how to stay more under control, and it's just been so impressive, especially around the rim. And I think he's realizing just how big he is. I mean, the broadcast, I believe Skin yeah. said it. You know, he was standing next to Dwight Powell, and he's basically eye-to-eye -eye with them. So he's a big dude that's just running point that can get anything he wants around the rim. Yeah, that size helps him down low for sure. Like, that's stuff that Trey Young just can't do. I mean, not to knock Trey Young again, but <laughs> it's it, it, that's the difference between the two players when, you, when you're trying to compare the two is that Luka can just get away with things that Trey never could. And Trey's going to be able to yeah. get, get between guys and go into smaller spaces that Luka can't. But Luka's ability to control the ball, I think it's just the game has slowed down for him in the NBA. And I think that if he had any kind of – I guess trepidation or if he had any kind of nerves going into the NBA and playing in his first season, they're all gone. I mean, just completely all gone. He's really settled in. The game has slowed down for him. And I just tweeted out his last five games. His stat lines are just wild. He's, he's like 30 points a game, uh, 11 boards, and like 12 assists a game pretty much. He's just he's just completely in control right now, and it's it's wild to see him do what he's, do, what he's doing. I mean, every graphic I've seen on any, you know, you switch to the jump, you go just ESPN in general, or if it's like anything on Twitter, they'll have the MVPs of the first 15 games. He's in every single one because it's just been an amazing stretch. And, you know, I, like you and Isaac said, there are going to be tough stretches and we got to be ready for those and not bash them when they happen because this has been really special and we literally have to just sit here and enjoy every single second we get of it. But at the same time, when I say there's going to be bad stretches, it doesn't look like there are because he's just figuring out how to get anything he wants whenever because, I mean, especially even on the perimeter, I noticed tonight when Sexton was guarding him or especially Darius Garland, they try to get physical with him. It doesn't matter because he, he fights through it and he's crafty enough to get away from it. So, man, I mean, we're just watching a superstar bud before our, our eyes and he's 20 years old. You got to love it. All right, coming up, you guys didn't think we'd get this far into the podcast without talking about Dirk. He made his first appearance at a Mavericks game. So coming up, we're going to get into Dirk at his first Mavs game as a non-Maverick player. All right, Jimmy. So Dirk, before the game, tweeted out that there was some traffic on Dirk Nowitzki on Nowitzki Way. You got to love it. Guy tweeting out about traffic on his own street. I was cracking up. Now, all my all my roommates are Oklahoma City Thunder fans, so I was, like, cracking up at Twitter, and I was like, guys, Dirk just tweeted that it there's traffic on the Whiskey Way, and he, they're like, okay, what, like, what's the point? But, like, it's like, I mean, it's like our, our guy is tweeting right now. We have to pay attention, and he's tweeting something funny every time he tweets. Man, I love seeing Dirk at the games. I, I'm surprised we haven't already seen him, um, and I wish he would have – run onto the court and done something stupid but that's just not Dirk but man it was so <laughs> can you imagine I, I thought I thought one point we were going to see him and Luca dab it up and the and the crowd was just going to go crazy it just didn't happen yeah Dirk didn't stand up he was sitting down and I think he really wanted to keep a low profile I mean he wore yeah. even wore like this brown shirt that just made him <laughs> seem to blend in it didn't really stand out at all I really honestly think he didn't I don't think he when he got announced at first he, did he even stand up I feel like he just kind of waved around and I don't know because the broadcast didn't show yeah. right when they announced it. They just showed the standing ovation that he got. So I'm not sure. I'm sure he waved at least, but I don't know. Maybe someone that was at the game can tweet at you, tweet on the Locked On account, let us know if he stood up on, and got on the big board. Yeah, where's Isaac when we need him? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of state, Isaac. Come on, help us out. <laughs> 
But you gotta love Dirk being there. And then when Luca checked out in the third quarter, he went over and they, you know, exchanged, you know, whatever they said. I'd love to know what they said. Just just sitting there. I wonder if like Cuban would ever tell us, but I doubt it. We'll ne- we'll never know. And maybe it's best that way. Maybe we don't need to know. And again, it was just such an incredible moment to see. Like, man, this franchise really just went from Dirk, and they put they put Dirk on the jumbotron in <laughs> AAC with the graphic with all of his accomplishments. <laughs> it's like Dirk, 2011 NBA champion and Finals MVP. Also, uh, 2007 MVP. Also, like all these different things that Dirk did, and then a, like a little graphic at the top left of Nowitzki way. And you're just like, yeah, we know all those things. You don't have to explain who Dirk is to us. <laughs> but they put him up there, and then Dirk is is talking to Luca, and it's just an incredible, it's an incredible reminder that this franchise went from Dirk, who did all those accomplishments that we already knew that were on the that were on the graphic, to Luca. I mean, just what a what a change in power. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I get, I honestly take it for granted how. It, much I got to enjoy watching Dirk growing up, watching Mavs basketball. I mean, he was drafted in 97. I was born in 97, so I literally watched every single game, Maverick game with him in the jer- in a jersey, which is just wild. And now I get to go straight from him into what everyone expects to be the great next European basketball player in Luka Doncic, and it's just absolutely wild. I mean, this franchise is so, so lucky, and especially so lucky to have two such great personalities, too. That's the thing is they're both great players, but – they're also such fun personalities. Everyone loves Dirk. He's a little more outgoing, I think, than Luca is. But good lord, I, I love it. But they've gotten Luca to do some of those stupid like feature <laughs> presentation videos and stuff too. I mean, they did the wild and crazy guys video. They've done they've done a couple things where you're just like, man, Luca is pretty goofy too. Like, I think they can get Luca to do some crazy stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they're getting him out of his shell in the second year, and I, I absolutely love it. He's also just a goofy guy in general. I mean, he's always seems always seems like he's clowning people, and you know joking with people but did did you see uh when brunson checked in and luca was checking out and brunson like slapped him or something and like made like a really serious face at him they were like slapping each other on the sideline next to the check-in table <laughs> I, I saw something about it but i didn't i didn't see it what was, happened afterward it was funny it, luca was laughing and like slapped at him and then brunson slapped back a little bit harder and had like a real mean look on his face it was it was pretty funny you have to love that if you're the Cavs. the, the Mavs are literally just joking around and not really taking things seriously and <laughs> uh the Mavs literally drew up a trailing three play for boban at the end of the <laughs> third quarter so i don't think the Mavs were taking anything seriously after luca checked out gosh yeah so I mean, we've alluded to it, but the Mavericks, obviously, they controlled it the entire game. They had uh, the first quarter, they were kind of back and forth. They obviously trailed a little bit, like we mentioned. But the bench unit just came in and really took over the game. They really grabbed their lead at the end of the first quarter. And then they went on a 13-0 run from the end of the first quarter to through the beginning of the second quarter. And it was DeLon with Brunson, Maxi, Boban. And then there was a fifth guy that kind of rotated in and out, whether it was Luka or I think Justin Jackson. Um, man, that bench unit was just so good tonight. They overall scored 64 points. They scored 62 points in the Warriors game, which mm. it helps that they played a lot and pretty much none <laughs> yeah. of the starters played in the fourth quarter. But this bench unit coming up again, I think, is is so important to get these guys confidence, especially guys like Justin Jackson that were kind of out of the rotation. These games are important to bring guys like that in to give them some more reps and just to get them more comfortable in the game. Yeah, I mean – I'll say it, I, the leader of this bench unit is DeLon Wright. Whether it's in the in the scoring or or anything else he does on the floor, 
Um, I, I just love watching him play basketball because he plays so hard every single play. Um, he did really well. I mean, he only scored 10 points. He had four boards, but he was active all night long, just looked so strong, and he always does. Um, you know, we're still not seeing really the three-point shot fall for him. I mean, shooting, his his percentage is high, but he's only taking like two per game. Uh, he made one tonight, but um, yeah, he's really special. And of course, it'll change a little bit when Seth Curry comes back. Uh, I know you guys talked about it last game. Tim Hardaway Jr. again had a great game with his father in, in, t- in attendance <laughs> before going down with that weird injury when he backed into KP. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, the bench tonight against the Warriors, and then you think back to the game against the Nuggets, I mean, if they could just be consistent like that every single time, it's, you know, this is a really, really special team. Yeah, it's what it's what makes this team special. Luca obviously controls the ceiling, but the bench, I think, controls the floor, I feel like. Maybe Luca has something to do with both sides of it. It's kind of hard to create an, an absolutism with <laughs> ceiling and floor in the NBA, but I think the Mavs bench has a lot to do with their floor, for sure. Um. Okay, so Kristaps Porzingis was, was having a hard time getting going in the first quarter. Luca was really helping him in the second quarter. Uh, he finished with 17 points, seven rebounds, four blocks, and he hit three threes. Are we starting to see Kristaps Porzingis figure out his role? Maybe post up a little less, finish more. He's an he's an incredible finisher. He might be one of the best finishers in the NBA because he can finish both off the roll and off the pop, which very few players in the NBA can do. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I'll still say I would like to see more Porzingis, Luca pick and rolls because there were a few picks where he easily could have rolled and just kept popping out. Uh, but in the third quarter, it started to work. I mean, he shot five threes, made three of them, like you said. And that form is literally, I mean, it's a seven foot three Clay Thompson form. That's literally what it is. <laughs> it is an incredible release. Um, and I can tell, I mean, you can still tell on certain plays, he doesn't fully trust that knee. Uh, you know, on the fast break after he got a steal from Chetty Osmond, he went down. He's about to Euro step it, and it looked a little like he's being a little timid. Um, but he's really coming into his own, and that third quarter was really, really important for him. I mean, imagine if that third quarter didn't happen, he ended it with two points. Like, that would have just been ugly and a bunch of bait for the New York Knicks fans to troll us all with on Twitter. Uh, but I will say they're this. They're still here? Come on, guys. get yeah, <laughs> Figure something else out to away. do with your time. You live Who's in that? New York, probably. There's so many things Who's to that? do. Frito Knicks tape guy, he's all over the place. But no, uh, don't even give him, don't even give him pop. <laughs> Get out of here. He who shall not be named. Yeah. But I will say this about Porzingis in the first half, even though his shot wasn't falling, he still stays really, really active on the boards and stays active on the defensive end. I mean, he only had, he had, I say only, he had four blocked shots, but he altered so many tonight. He looked so active down low and just as a great rim protector. And that is so, so important for this team. Yeah, and it's important for him, like you said, when his shot's not going, when he's not getting the kind of shots in the position he needs to be able to stay engaged, he has to find other ways, and he really is trying to find those ways. Uh, he's still not, you know, a playmaker, which you know we didn't really expect him to come in and be, but he didn't have any assists again tonight. And um, yeah, so so Porzingis staying involved is important. Maxi, I thought, had a great game for the time that he was in. He just had some in- incredible plays. He only had four points, five boards, a uh, steal, and a block. But I feel like when Maxi comes in and, and does something good, it's just really, really good. <laughs> it's like yeah. really stands out. He had that incredible um, block and then huge high flying dunk in transition on the other end. That one sequence. And man, I uh, I wish they would start him instead of Powell, but this is where we are. Where do you yeah, stand no, on that debate right now? I'm I'm 100 with you. I want I want Maxi starting on this team. Uh, I would like him to get all of the minutes. 
I, I love Maxi Klee. But also, speaking of that play where he blocked the shot and then got the lob on the other end, Mark Falwell had be- one of the best calls <laughs> of all time after that play in which I, he said, and I don't want to butcher it. Here, wait, I, I have it. I can, I can pull it up in a second. I tweeted it out uh, oh, because perfect. I thought that it was so good. So let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But, okay, another play that he had to die is when he was on the fast break. KP had the block. Oh, here we go. You gotta love it. You gotta love. I love whenever we get the really deep skin laugh. Like, <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's He's like a pirate. <laughs> so good. Oh, that was one of the best calls I've heard this year uh, from Followell. And also the dunk that he had after Porzingis's block early on, earlier in the game, where he took off from what felt like forever away. I literally thought he was gonna get rim stuffed. I didn't think he was gonna get all the way to the rim on that. that he first came dunk. in from out of nowhere and he just he launched. I feel like he just launched off and finished. I was, I was sitting in my living room watching, and Porzingis gets the block, and I'm like, oh. And then Maxi gets the gets the dunk. I'm like, oh, and it was just a long held out, just scream. It was great. Oh man! All right, coming up, we have to talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. because once again, Tim Hardaway Sr. in the building, and once again, Tim Hardaway Jr. balled out. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Jimmy. So once again, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s dad, Tim Hardaway Sr.'s in attendance. This is the third time by my count. Uh, he could be in. He could have been to more games, but from my count, watching all of the games, and from them showing him on the broadcast, even in a away game, they showed him in an away game one time. He's been in three games so far. In those games, Tim Hardaway Jr. has scored twenty points, shooting seven of fourteen from the field. Twenty points, six of seven from the field, and then tonight he scored sixteen points, six of eight from the field. So the guy. <laughs> The guy just balls out when his dad is, is in attendance. And then I, I again I tweeted this out. You can find it. But when Tim Hardaway Jr. when Tim Hardaway Sr. is not this is so funny to me. When he's not at the game, Tim Hardaway Jr. is averaging. I just told you he, he averaged all those points and was so efficient in his shots when his dad was on the floor when his dad was there. When he's not there, Tim Hardaway Jr. averaging nine point three points a game, shooting thirty two point four percent from the field. This is a thing, right? This is now a thing. We have enough of a sample size where I can say that this is a thing. I'm 100% with you. I think we (laughs) need to make sure Tim Hardaway Sr. gets to every single game, uh, no matter what the price. If we have to risk the sellout streak just to make sure Tim Hardaway Sr. gets there, we're going to do it. (laughs) That's what what the risk would be, the sellout streak. (laughs) Yeah, like if we have to buy out an extra row or something, which I guess would still be a sellout, so maybe that's stupid, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Oh, we just got the note. We just got the game notes. And let me check. Let me check. The attendance for today's game was 19,639. The Mavs have now sold out 728 consecutive regular season home games, which is an NBA best sellout streak. Do you know when the True. streak began, by the way, Jimmy? Just, uh, like, seven, like guess 728 a year. games ago. Guess a year. <laughs> um, 2000. No, I'm going to say, yeah, 2001. Exactly. December 15th, 2001. Wow. Was, was the on. start of the sellout streak, and they are still currently on it despite several lottery seasons in between <laughs> then and now. <laughs> but hey, man, keep doing your thing. 
Mavs what fans else? are loyal and true. <laughs> rowdy, loud, and proud. Isn't that the thing that they try to keep yes, pushing? Yes, rowdy, loud, and proud. MFFL. What are the other Mavs fan things they try to push? Man, MFFL and rowdy, loud, and proud are the, like only the only two that are coming, like to, two coming to my mind right now. Oh, hey, what do you think about the jerseys? What's your take? Okay, I, I'm 100% with the you. The city jerseys. Um, yeah. I'm embracing the weirdness, and I'm just going all in and saying – I want one for Christmas. So, no, uh, you'd buy one yourself, or you just you no, just would be no, gifted I one. I want one for Christmas. You'll be gifted I, one, but you will not buy one yourself. Exactly, I won't spend money <laughs> uh, on them. However, I'm excited to see them on court. I played 2K today because you can put them on the jersey or on the players now in 2K. They're available, um, and it looks absolutely wild. So, I am very excited to see what they look like in real life. I don't. I don't know if I love them. I don't know if I hate them. I just know I am excited to see what they look like. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm with you. I gave my take the other day, but same thing. I'm embracing the weirdness. Let's go. Why not? The court's going to be even weirder. I'm so excited about it. Just Oh, man. The court with the jerseys? Good Lord. I, I need to go to one of those games. I need to figure out the full schedule of the court in the game or in the jerseys and, and make sure I'm there. But you have to wear like some kind. You know how when you ski... You'd wear all kinds of bright colors like that. I think you'd have to dress like that when you go to the game. You have to find some kind of green that's bright like that that you can wear to the game. Nick, when I was when I was in middle school, I went to Mavs games in morph suits. So I have no problem <laughs> dressing up like a weirdo for a Mavs game. <laughs> if I was there, I'd go with you. <laughs> I would go with you. Maybe not in a morph suit. Maybe close to that. <laughs> oh, man. So, the, yeah, jerseys. So Tim Hardaway Jr., do we feel like he should – we feel like he should – we're still starting Seth, right, even even with Tim Hardaway Jr. playing this well? Because he's – man, this is, yes, he's not a different player, right? He's just he's just more efficient when his dad is there. He takes better <laughs> shots, and he was reined in. I mean, he only took eight shots, so. Yeah. I and mean, he only he played 18 – we have to say he only played 18 minutes in this game because right. he got injured with the – you know, hitting Porzingis' head backing up into him like you said earlier yeah I mean I'm still I'm still on board with starting Seth I'd rather have him out there however I will say this I I wouldn't mind seeing Tim start and it kind of being a I'm trying to think of the best example like a I I almost like JaVale for like the Lakers how Dwight Howard gets more minutes but JaVale starts well yeah Dwight finishes games for him right right so that kind of thing I think would make sense and I mean Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good defender like I'm not gonna say he's a lockdowner by any means but he is a good defender, and if he's efficient, that's great. I'm just – I'm not ready to start him, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in that kind of role where Tim gets more of the minutes – or Seth gets more of the minutes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that – I think Carlisle said after the game that it's under consideration to start him, which uh, – Oh, he did say that because he was pretty set on this whole idea of, yeah, I'm not going to bench Seth because he got sick or hurt or whatever it was, right. or both. I'm trying to find the quote, but – yeah, he said that it's it's under consideration now. That yeah, it's got to be a consideration. That's his exact words about the possibility okay. of Tim Hardaway Jr. moving into the starting lineup. Now that could mean that Dorian sits, which would be worse, right? <laughs> well, let's. I mean, let's think about this. And I don't want to get too much into like a yeah, that would definitely be worse. By the way, but um, not to get too much into a preview. But if you play a team like the Clippers and you're starting Paul George and Kawhi, I think I'd have Tim in there to guard Paul George and Dorian to guard Kawhi, right? Something like that. Yeah, because what are your other options? Right, then it gets weird because I don't want Seth Curry guarding Paul George. And you don't want Luka guarding Paul George. <laughs> that's your other, I mean, that's your other option. Or put DeLon in. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. 
man, that's going to be interesting to see. That team just creates so many problems, and this it's going to be an incredible game to figure out how well how good the Mavs are. I mean, this next upcoming streak, we'll we'll flesh it out all on Monday for you, but or yeah, yeah, on Sunday night going into Monday. But the Mavericks' next four games at Rockets, home for the Clippers, at Suns, at Lakers. That is uh, the, that's a the stretch. dreaded Suns. The dreaded Suns against the Mavs. I mean, Alec Peters is not playing, so they sh- they should be safe. Yeah, we'll be okay. Hey, one one other thing we got to talk about: JJ Barea comes oh. in, twelve points. How could I forget? Twelve minutes, five of eight, two for three from three, just doing what JJ Barea does, calling for and ones when they're up by forty points and <laughs> being a pest. I golly, I you just you can't take him for granted. I I, I love JJ Barea. I have him in my notes. I didn't forget him. I just wanted to point. Oh, that. I'm sorry. No, I, it's, I, it's okay. Got too, too far it's okay. ahead. Because people are like, "How could you forget JJ Bray?" <laughs> it's always, it's always a "Why did I forget something?" Yeah, JJ in this game played the entire fourth quarter, and he <laughs> he overthrew Boban on a lob at least once, oh maybe twice. How I don't know how he can do that, but somehow JJ Barea, the five nine that he is, overthrew <laughs> Boban on a lob. You gotta love it. And I'm glad he got into this game. I'm glad the elbow situation is has figured itself out. That was a really weird thing the other night that he just didn't play because of an elbow and he was only available because of emergency situations. Yeah. Not sure what emergency would constitute that, but uh whatever it was, I'm really glad it didn't happen. But hey, he comes in tonight, makes a real impact, and uh I'm I'm happy for him. Always happy to see JJ on the floor. We'll take it. We'll take it. Justin Jackson also 19 points, six boards in this game. He hit four of six from three. It's good to see him getting some minutes, but he is still the guy that's on the outside looking in with this rotation. Are you of the ilk that you think that Justin Jackson should should play more than Tim Hardaway Jr. still? <laughs> I've, I've always been on Justin Jackson Island, um, and I love Justin Jackson, but I really love what I'm seeing from Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, I just... I wish there was a way because I, I I see Tim as a two and Justin Jackson as a three to get them on the floor at the same time. But with Brunson and DeLon and Seth and Tim Hardaway Jr., it's tough. So, uh, yeah, I think he's still on the outside looking in. But, man, I, his shot is just so smooth. Um, and that floater is just nearly unstoppable. Except in this game, he airballed a floater. It was like oh, he, God, yeah, he, I he only misses if he misses the entire basket. <laughs> just, yeah. Just all of it. So... All right. Anything else in this game that really stuck out to you? Um, I, I mean, no, no. It's the Cavs. Uh, you know, oh, I don't want to get. I have a thing. Oh yes, hit me. Ryan Brokoff, no longer one hundred percent from behind the arc. Oh, zero oh for one tonight. It was, and then a, he missed that little reverse layup. It was a good run. Uh, I got one quick funny story about of Ryan course, Brokoff. Of course, of course. So, uh, the other night I was just hanging out and uh, I got a Facetime from a friend back in Dallas, and. I answer it, and then the FaceTime is just a baby. I'm like, okay, and <laughs> a baby that like, you knew? No, 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 just a baby's just on fa- on the FaceTime that she was with, and uh, I was, was like, was it hey. Dub Baby? And was he doing the music video again? Did the Jabberwockies no, no, no. come out after this? Better, better. <laughs> uh, and she goes, do you know who this is? I was like, no. And she goes, it's Baby Brokoff. It's your son. And she was she was babysitting for Ryan Brokoff. <laughs> wow. So I was like. Well, that's awesome. And then she was like, "Yeah, how's he doing tonight?" And it was uh, one of the nights where he didn't play. So I was like, um, "Don't tell his kid." But he has. Yeah, he, <laughs> babysitting really for nothing. He could have stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So shout out to Ryan Brokoff's babysitter. Yeah, shout out. Shout out to her, him, her. 
Okay, I don't want to don't want to assume. Men can be babysitters too. I was yeah, a babysitter at one point. Wow. Not like professionally, but <laughs> when I was needed. Have you ever babysitted anything? Yes. <laughs> anything? Yes, I have. I've babysitted dogs and cats. I guess that's cat sitting, but Yeah, I've babysat dogs and a child for like a week one time as my neighbor. You babysat a child for an entire week? They well, was, I mean, I say a child. He was like eight years old. And I just like took him to soccer practice and then stayed over at their house for a while. It was fun. Got they're paid all, pretty well. They're always like, you can eat whatever's in the fridge. And you're like, oh, yes. Yeah, I cleaned their place out of food. <laughs> <laughs> like it probably cost us more to refill our fridge than it did to actually pay you. To be- <laughs> it honestly, <laughs> it did. <laughs> all right. What a random podcast we just had. But <laughs> hey, that's what happens when you have two, what, 40 point wins back to back. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Feeling good. Feeling good about the Mavericks right now. So, as of right now, Mavericks are, they're still sixth in the West. Yeah, because Utah won. They're sixth in the West right now. You're feeling, what's the percentage of playoffs right now? Are you at 100%, 95%? How are you feeling? Confidence. I'll never never go 100% on anything. I'm going to say 98%. I'm all in on this playoff team, this team as a playoff team. And it just feels like there's right at this moment right now, this is words that I could eat later, but it just doesn't feel like anybody's going to jump out and take their spot. No, I mean, Phoenix is, is coming back down to earth. Same with Minnesota. Sacramento's winning more games, but I still don't see them jumping uh, Dallas. And then the only team I'm really worried about sneaking back into the playoff picture, but not even jumping us is Portland uh, because that's a good team. I still feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And Lillard's been out and they just, have had so many random injuries and eventually I guess they'll get Nurkic back, but that probably won't be till what January, February. So yeah, but they got mellow baby. So who cares? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) What a situation they're in. All right, Jimmy, anything else, anything you want to plug? He's at all underscore things, underscore Mavs on Twitter, which I guess most of you guys probably follow, but anything else you want to plug? Yeah. Thanks for following that. Uh, Go check out all my videos on chat sports, doing Mavs videos uh, once a week there. So Go check that out. Hit me up on Twitter. Do all that fun stuff. There you go. Do all that fun stuff. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Pop, 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 pop. Peace out. Wow. Boom. Boom.